ni sambolo bena kana turan ke marama da darbo ke ngonelewa oni simti ko mana sali munu lelivu liba ke na ka kamura ke baka yoritiko ya ngo sengatalanga ni munu dabi wera na turan ke marama mbale na santolu kumbona mburmasanga ke mutantu beo kanito bata tulosaka ladies and gentlemen boys and girls my name is michael cruz balanavtaldondre and i am your host for the everyday fijians podcast where the everyday fijian shares the everyday story in the everyday world and most of all just want to take this time and opportunity to greet all our listeners whether it be here in Sydney Australia or in Australia or literally around the world just want to take this time as well to welcome you all i do hope that your day went well um whether it be working or whether it be just lounging around with family friends i do hope that it went all well and also on top of that i do hope that in some way or some manner that um you've taken time to listen to the podcast especially last night's one last night's one featuring Mr Mr William Mungjo Twilo or Billy and I do hope in some way or some manner they enjoyed it, especially where he shared his story as an everyday Fijian but without further ado as well I just want to take this time to greet our next guest our next guest for tonight so where I am right now here in the Sydney Australia I'm down south I'm down in the suburb Balimbi down in the area of Wollongong uh, for those of you that may not know where Wollongong is, it's a bit of a, where I live in Carlton, it's, a bit, it's like a 50 minute drive, 5-0, 50 minute drive from Wollongong, from Sydney, from Sydney down to Wollongong, bit of a trek, but you know, I'm just thankful that I got the opportunity to do work and deliveries, and with this guest of mine here, uh, he lives around the area, and prior to this uh, podcast, we organized the time and date, and he's the reason why we're doing it right now. <laughs> but without further ado, I want to welcome our guest for this evening. Um, let's just say he is very creative. Back in 2014, he was the NIDOC Poster Competition winner. Winner. Now, NIDOC stands for the National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee. So it's basically like a week where the Indigenous people of Australia and the Torres Strait Islanders um celebrate this week celebrate the week of you know their heritage their culture the way of life and you know just recognizing this week as a means of showcasing who they are as people who they are as a community but most of all who they are as an individual so this individual won the 2014 NIDOC the competition and it's a pretty big thing when winning a competition that is nationwide and and basically he won the comp not on top of that he has done many art projects, ranging from Barangaroo down the city. Uh, he's done murals, he's done artwork. But most of all, and I'm not joking on this one, he has collaborated with Patrick Mills. Yes, I said that name, Patrick Mills, Patty Mills. He'll explain this later on. Of course, he's now playing for the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA. Not until that, this individual has also designed jerseys, basketball jerseys, my for the Wollongong Hawks mm-hmm. and for other NBL teams as well, I believe. Yeah, just the Indigenous All Stars. Just the Indigenous All Stars, but when you collaborate with an NBA star and when you're doing artwork for a basketball competition that is na- nationwide, bells are ringing. So, without further ado, I welcome our guest for today. His name is Mr. Harry Pitt. Kaz, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. But Thank you for having me, Chris. No worries, man. No worries. So. I mentioned your name, Harry P. But what is your full full name, bro? Oh, uh, like my full full name? Yep. Uh, my full name is Harry Alpha Pitt. My father is Esau Ungavule, yep. and my mother is uh, Amarita Judith Pitt. Nice, nice. So yeah. it's wonderful to acknowledge them both. But in saying that, bro, um, where do you hail from? Because I mentioned that you're the winner, so you have uh, you have Torres Strait Islander blood, blood on my mother's side. Yeah. Mother's side. But where do you hail from? Where how do you what had what's your links to Fiji? Where do you hail from? Oh, that's a funny. Way. Okay, so my mom's mom, yeah, hails from uh, Umbao, and my father, <laughs> yeah. he also heritage from Fiji, and he comes from like a uh, Suvavo Vasu Bua, with links to Dumba. <laughs> nice, nice. I can see. I know it's a bit of a yeah, yeah. tongue twister for you, but it's uh, it's bad. It's bad when I don't know Fiji but, that way, but. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best. But it's good that you know, in some way, some manner that uh, you know, mentioning the links and where you come from as well. Yeah. Um, especially before this, we had a good yarn. Um, just catching up because the last time we saw each other was back in twenty 
2014 when you won the nine dot competition uh, when you won literally the a dec- almost like half a decade ago yeah there yeah. you go so in saying that as well harry um let's get straight into it you mentioned where you come from your full name um you know the heritage the fijian heritage that um runs through your veins um your upbringing where what is it like for your upbringing you know in the life of harry you know let's go back to your 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 beginnings as a little you know as a little harry but like when if people saw you now it was like bro how many how many big macs have you been eating <laughs> <laughs> but i shouldn't be talking but, so where does, it, where does it start from Kakas? well how far back we going we're going back to when like back when you're a baby when you're you know when you're you know when you're just a baby the what, one what? where i went over your house and just kept on playing your playstation or the one when i was growing up in high school let's go let's go all the way bro we've got to yeah. some time to yarn talano about your life so then take it away bro oh well i guess like i grew up in a house with my mom yeah and she always like showed me parts of like the Torres Strait island she always like made sure the influence was there even with the fijian side she always made sure that I knew, like, I came from two different worlds. Yeah. One of, like, the people of this land and, like, the Torres Straits and the people across the sea, Fiji. Mm. And even with my father, he always makes sure he tells me the story of Dumba or Suvavo, of all the family, of how we got here and how we, and how he got here. Yeah. yeah. And um, with him telling, you know, with mom and dad telling the story, your upbringing, did it sort of, in a way, give you a sense, you know, that, you know, what they shared is that they were proud of where they came from. It was like, you know, this is where we, you know, this is where we came, this is where we originated and, you know, migrated to this country of Australia. It's like, you're here, but never forget where you come from. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like, I think they made sure that I at least know where I'm, where I've been or where my people or where they've been. So that way I can build something that's going to like bridge both the past and the present so I can have something that's prepared for me in the future. And even with all that info, when I got into high school, I think I was cruisy. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, so let's go back to AC when building the bridge. Yeah. So building the bridge of your links in that. How about when I was in the household, you know, you're the old, you know, you're the second, uh, the second, uh, is it the second, you're the second or third? Third orders out of the five? What am I? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the yeah. middle one. I'm the middle yeah, one. Yeah. Middle, what is it like in the household? You weren't the oldest, but you were the third you were the third oldest, but you were the oldest out of the boys, which is just you and your brother Lenny. Yeah. But what was it like in the household? You know, Wait, I was the oldest boy. There was only me and Lenny. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So what was it like being that sort of household, you know, especially with older siblings? Was oh. there sort of a, like, all right, you know, there's older siblings. I got to wait, you know, behave myself or it's like, you know. Complete terror. <laughs> Literally terror. I had the terrors of like the older sisters yeah. who for some reason felt like the need to scare me every time I walk around the corner. Yeah. And then I have the terror of my younger siblings who snitched on me whenever I did something wrong. Oh, I broke something. Oh, they broke something. Oh, it must be Harry's fault. <laughs> shout, oh. out, shout out to all the siblings to Terry, yeah. Francis, Lenny, yeah. Soko. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm going to tag you in this so you can hear it for yourself. Yeah. This comes from how this comes from marriage. Yeah. But on top of that, as well, as much as the you know one party worried by snitching, the other party with the scaring you, terrifying you. Yeah. But there's sometimes as you know some nights or moments as well where you just knit together as siblings, like you know whether like you know whether it be dinner time or whether it be movie time. Whether there are moments where you just you know form together as just like a as a unit, somewhere or some man. Oh, always like. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, I say that our, like, my sisters terror, terrified me and scared me when I was small, but even still, they were always there. They helped me out. They taught me what I need to do. Like, when mom's out there working, they were there in the kitchen helping cook the meals, set the fo- food up, pushing me like, hey, don't sit there. Get up and do something. Yeah, and even with my younger siblings, like, I did the same thing that my sisters did to me. Not the, not the scary part. No, no, no. I did that sometimes. Maybe half the time. It was a lot. It was a lot, actually. So in, in that as well. So then household was, it was tightly knit. You yeah. Know, if you were to wrap it up in those sort of, in those um, words. But as well as being tightly knit, were there challenges as well? Like, when I mean challenges, um, say, when it came to, you know, um, hand-me-downs or games or, you know, anything off the top of what I've said, off the top of my mind that you can think of? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Are there any stories you want to share? 
Oh, literally console games. Yep. Yeah. I think the one thing that was never shared in the house was the console. Okay. Yeah. So when you, when you mean consoles, so bear in mind, this is the late 90s. Yeah. So this is during the time of Super Nintendo. PlayStation. Yep. PlayStation was just evolving, coming yep. into the world. Yep. I was literally coming to the world. And for some reason, my older sister, I will not say names, but she starts with a T, <laughs> will not and shall not share the game with me. Yep. There were so many cool games, yet she would not share it with me. <laughs> Alright, I get it. Alright, maybe I couldn't like hold the control, yeah. Maybe I couldn't like crisscross, but you know, let me go at it. Let me go at it. Maybe I might throw it, maybe I might break it, but you know, just let me have a shot. And then would, would that shot come or was that not? Yeah, that shot came, but that was like it was too long. It was well, too gone. Xbox came out, I got into that instead. Yep, yep. So, you know, you <laughs> gaming and consoles. How about when it came to school? Like what was the what was the method of schooling? Was like with Terry and Brances, were they the ones they, or would it be with dad? Were they the ones when it came to setting up? Was there like a routine? Because it was a big family. Yeah. When you think of it, was there a routine for you? All right, you got to do this, you got to do that. Or was it like you still needed assistance as well when it came to, you know, your early days of primary school? Ooh, I think early days in primary school, I was pretty much set with like having my lunch made by mom yeah yeah she always made like some tomato and cheese sandwiches i hated it okay (laughs) she gave she gave me snacks i love them but i think when i got into year four yeah that's probably where the line was crossed yeah i went to mom and said i don't want cheese and tomato anymore i don't like it she never made me lunch anymore from there. <laughs> it was, so, it was okay, Harry, you got to make your own lunch now. Okay. So, all right. But she did make it every now and then, yeah. all right. Uh, but she just like, she was a bit more like, you know, it's time for you to lo- start learning. So that's when I started realizing, you know, you can't always be like depending on others. You always got to start making things for yourself. Yeah. So when it came to you making your own lunch, did you have like a, oh, wow, this is my moment. I want to make something. What Let's see what did you like look in the pantry. What do you want to make? Was it like a mixture of meats and, you know, spreads like jam or butter? Or was it like, all right, it's like just the basics or peanut butter and jam or meats. What was, when it came to your moment to make your own food, or was it if it was just the sisters you made? What was the care? What was the case instead of tomato and cheese? I literally looked into the fridge, blinked, and then closed it and said, there was nothing in the fridge. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a whole case of salami, salad, stacks of cheese, and tomato. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a tomato guy? No. But yeah, like I, when I gloss over things, I go back to it, and then I realize there's actually food. You know, sometimes you're going to have that mother's attitude that just pushes you to it. Yep, yep, yeah. cool. All right, so moving on... Um, Let's go into high school. Let's go into high school. Um, of course, I mentioned you're the you're the winner of the 2014 NIDOC NIDOC um, poster competition. Thank you. And you know, it's like especially amongst the Australian, um, the Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander community, NIDOC is a pretty big week, eh? Because it's a way of it's like celebrations, and you know, acknowledging the first people that came to the nation of Australia that were here before before the British came, before the colonizers came. Um, you know, where did drawing, where did the passion, where did the passion for you drawing come? Was it during primary school or was it during your later teenage years? <laughs> it started from primary school. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, circling back to when Terry didn't let me play PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of I didn't mean to say that. I meant T, sister named T. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of emphasis of Terry not letting you play PlayStation. No, no, not it wasn't her. It was a lady named T. Okay, lady named T. Uh, Shout out to the lady named T. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, when I was small and growing up, I didn't really have like that much of an interest. Yeah, there was always rugby, but then when that stopped, I had I had like eh, what now? But yeah, um, if I had to like describe it, there was this one night, me Lenny, me Lenny and like. Terry and Brantis, we were all just like chilling in one room. There were some other kids, I think. And there was one time where one of the adults, probably like an uncle or yeah, one of the uncles or even my dad came into the room, saw that I was doing like some muck-up drawings and he says, give me that Harry. Drew, did a drawing on my book. I looked at it and I kid you not, it was probably like the worst drawing if I saw it now, muscle man, everything. But to me, when I was small, I grew up watching like Dragon Ball and I just looked at it, I was like, 
whoa, how'd you do that? And I just spent like years upon years just trying to like figure out how he did that and drawing it, redrawing, figuring out anatomy, figuring out how all these drawings do, looking at it, pictures and then redrawing it again. Yeah. And as I went through primary school, I actually won a few pri prizes as well. There was a Father's Day competition that people had to enter. It was compulsory. We had no choice. And for some reason, I won it. <laughs> Yep. I didn't expect it to win, but I won. And when I won that, people started noticing something. Yeah, they started like advising me, giving more, giving me encouragement to work on this sort of like possible talent. In fact, there was this one like somewhere around about year five, uh, a teacher came over to my house and she brought this sketchbook, A3 size. I might still have it as well. And she told me, to like keep drawing, keep at what I'm doing and just keep practicing and practicing. And yeah, from there, I just, I started drawing. I had the biggest paper I've never seen before. I've never had to like draw in an A3. I've always drawn like A4. And if you don't know what it is, it's like regular paper size, but double that. Yeah. So from there, I just practiced. And then, yeah, after that, rest was history. You see, it's amazing that you mentioned that you know, the uncle that just made a muscle man drawing. And you, as you're in your innocent mind as a kid, say, wow, this is a cool drawing. But then, you know, you learn from that. It was that from that muscle man drawing that you enhance your skills by just drawing, 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 drawing. So it's a repetitive thing. But by being repetitive in that sort of manner or nature, it increased your knowledge and your skills in drawing. Mm. And then it came into high school where your knowledge of that just grew more and more. And then it came to Nidoc. So my question to you on that, um, Harry, is that how did how did you enter into Nidoc? How did Nidoc, you know, was the competition posted at school, at high school? And you say to him, you know what, I want to enter this. Or were your teachers saying, Harry, you should enter this. You should put it, you know, was it like family, especially on the TI side, of saying, look, Harry, um, you've got skills. Why didn't you try enter this competition Nidoc? How did it occur for you to enter Nidoc and then eventually become a winner I actually never did NADOC in high school. Okay. I did it when I was at university. Ah. Yeah. So when I graduated high school and I went to university, I wanted to know more about art. I wanted to figure it out even more. Yep. So when I went into like university, I was doing like my degrees and then somewhere around about like uh, close to the end or close to the beginning, uh, NADOC came up. Yeah. I was at the indigenous center that said, Harry, you should give it a shot. All right. Yeah. And I just went, sure, I'll give it a shot. And I just, I threw whatever talent I knew then and there, threw whatever skill I had. And I, yeah, I didn't really expect to win, but yeah, apparently I had a good story with it and yeah, it came together. So ladies and gentlemen, so probably later on, um, later on tonight, I'll, um, I'll, just, I'll show the pay, I'll show the, uh, the winning uh, painting on the Fiji history page that was made by Harry. But on top of that as well, Harry, so, you, okay, so which uni did you go to? I went to the University of Wollongong. All right, so shout out to your University of Wollongong. Woo -woo. As a matter of fact, I, did a, I tried to do delivery day on yesterday and on Tuesday. It was, just, <laughs> it was a failure. Because the person, because the recipient, he gave a New Zealand, uh, gave a New Zealand number. And there was no answer. So your unit and your university is too big. Yeah. I was like walking around, literally walking around like um like I was in a maze. So you were walking around this? <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't and I couldn't so shout out to you. And how about your primary schools? Which primary school did you go to? Oh, I went to Bonnerick Public School. Shout out to Bonnerick. Oh sorry, Public sorry, school. St. John's St. John's sorry, Park Primary School. St. John's Primary so no shout out to Bonnerick. Yeah. Shout out to St. John's Primary School. And I went to Bonnerick High School. And Bonnerick High School. Wasn't that one of the worst high schools in Australia one time? What? No. Okay, so maybe. Yeah. My, my, maybe. My, my, no, I mean you might be right. <laughs> so alright, going to Nidoc, okay, you put it in, you know, you lodged in your painting. Mm -hmm. What was your reaction when they said, you know, when you got the letter, Harry Alfred Pitt? You have won the you have won, you have won the competition. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was like, I was god slapped. <laughs> I was literally like, I was walking to my next class. I got a call like, who's this? Hello, and they're like, oh, is this uh Harry, Mister Pitt? I'm like, yeah, what's up? And they're like, oh, um, congratulations, you won the Nega Puzzle. I was like, oh, oh, we would like to do interviews. We're like, okay. <laughs> I was not. Like, I had no plans, nothing. I just wanted to throw my art out there, hope for the best, and then continue on doing my life. 
And when I got that call, they told me, like, you've won. Everything's changed. Like, my whole perspective of how the art world works, how the indigenous and, the, like, the island, Pacific Islander art movement works, it's just, it was just, yeah, it was shot out of the window. Yeah. So, by winning that, was it like, you know, you're shocked, you're surprised. Who was the first person you rang, if you could remember? Or who was the first family member you notified? Mom. Right. Literally mom. Yeah, yeah. I called mom and said like, mom, I won. And then I called dad. I was like, dad, I won. And what was, was it like, you know, because was it sort of like there was, you know, you could hear like tears or tears snippling or like, was just like, oh, good on you, Harry. Or... Yeah, yeah. Because like, to me, I had no idea like what this whole meant. Yeah. But to see mom's reaction and then hearing like my godmother and my dad's reaction, I was like, I feel like this is something big, but I'm a I'm a roll with it. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. Because like I'm, I remember hearing like I remember mum post on Facebook, and uh, and I was oh bro wow you know because it was that year as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, sorry. Because before that you were you were at Bonnery High School. You were prefect as well. We're going back here. I was what prefect prefect or you just like a senior. Yeah. Because the reason why I mentioned is because you also make royalty as well. Yeah. You share this as well. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a funny one. Yeah. If you can share it. And, and this is yeah, legit. To so those that listen, this is legit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I... Harry, if you're friends with Harry on his Facebook or Instagram, there's actually a photo of a well-known figure in the royal family if you want to share on it. Yeah. So, I met Prince Charles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The first in line for the throne of England. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, like, coincidence. Mm. Yeah, same thing. Like, I go to this uh, program that's run in my high school. They told me, like, we're going to meet all these famous NRL players with a special guest. I was like, cool. Then I realized they told me, oh, the special guest is going to be Prince Charles. I was like, excuse me, who? <laughs> <laughs> Prince yeah. who? Prince, ha- Prince Charles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't think it was real until the day I went to Bondi is where we met. Like Prince Charles and all those famous NRL players. Helicopters were flying. There was a battleship out on the coast of Bondi Beach. Yep. I was like, damn, photographers everywhere. But that battleship and the helicopter was the thing that threw me the most. So in Sand, when meeting Prince Charles, was there like, um, you know, was there like certain, um, were there like people, advisors telling you what to do and not to do in front of Prince Charles? Was Yeah. Okay. Don't ask him stupid questions. Don't yep. ask him to do Gundam style. <laughs> Bro, you should have done that. I tried. Oh, and they kept yeah. on looking at me. They knew exactly it was me that was going to do it. Yeah. And I was like, I promise I won't do it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, when Prince Charles came in, he walked up the stairs. There was lights coming off him. I kid you not. I'm pretty sure I heard like royalty trumpets and like, the royal prince has arrived. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was in my head, but it seemed like he, it seemed like he did have an announcement. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> So the royal princes arrived. So, was there a certain thing you had to, like, say, okay, how you shake his hand, how you supposed to greet him, and like with the, I believe with the ladies they have to do a courtesy, right? Right. But with a man, was it like just one? Was it just one hand? Like, where if you put his hand out, then you put your hand out, or was it you have to put your hand out first? I have no idea what to do. <laughs> so you just put your hand out. I put well, I did like I put my hand out. And I bowed my head. Yeah. I bowed my head because I felt like that was the most instinctive thing to do. Just like bow and shake. Yeah. The only stupid thing was that I said, your majesty. <laughs> so he said, your majesty, did he? Yeah, but I'm hoping he didn't hear me because I was like, bow my head like, your majesty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, pretty, I'm hoping he, it was like a whisper to his ears. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, I got to throw one more thing, though. Yeah. Str- even the funniest thing, too. When I shook his hand. It was the most softest hand I've ever felt. Okay. Like, the man had hands that was so soft. They're softer than any pillow bed I've ever been on. And uh-huh. I've been on beds that are, like, brand new. Yep. Yet his hands were even softer. <laughs> That's a bit awkward when you shit that. Newborn There's... babies were, like, soft, but they're not as soft as Prince Charles. So it must mean he's got, he got well looked powered up after that. So... Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, doing, you know, what is going, you know, for you meeting the, in the royal family, whether people like him or not, what was going through your mindset, like, bro, here I am, shaking Prince Charles' hand. And not in that, you're around NRL players, and it's like, bro, this is like I'm in a dream. This is like something out of a movie. <laughs> well, the, or you mean like what was going through my head? For yeah, them? yeah. 
literally almost nothing. But there was one thought that kept going through my head. Yeah. I need to find evidence. No one was going to believe me if I didn't take a photo with him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what, how did you get the photo? So, how right. did it occur? So, after the interview, after we talked to Prince Charles and the NRL superstars, uh, Prince Charles was escorted outside. So, yeah, which was sad because I didn't have the time to ask him for the photos. But he was outside, surrounded by his bodyguards. All the other kids were like, they were too shy. They couldn't do it. So I took that initiative. I took the step forward and I walked to Prince Charles. I grabbed the first guy, like the first kid that was next to me. And I put him and said, I need a photo with Prince Charles. Take my camera. So I approached the bodyguard. I asked him, can I get a photo with the prince? He's like, he looked at me menacingly. And he goes, sure. <laughs> he pushed the camera guys aside, told the prince. I asked the prince, can I get a photo of you? Legit, he said yes. And he took the photo and that was it. Wow. That was the moment. And can you look, and you can say in a way as well, bro, it's like a pit. Not in a pit, but a boy with Fijian, you know, you know, Fijian links as well. And in Ngungovule. Yeah. Don't forget that one. Ngungovule. You're, Ngungovule standing, yeah. you're standing next to Prince Charles. You know, you're standing, it's like you've done, you, you, you're, you're probably going to be the only family member who has done it. <laughs> Because the reason why I share because Prince Charles he made numerous visits to Fiji as a young fella. Probably you know that one we saw would know. Ew. Especially in nineteen seventy when he gave the birth certificate to Ratumara, the former PM and of course, you know, one of the high chief you know, one of the chiefs in Fiji. And that here, many years later, you're standing next to a man that gave the birth certificate of Fiji back in Fiji nineteen seventy here, back in twenty thirteen? Uh twenty twelve. Twenty twelve or so? Because I remember yeah. I share I, I because I, I copied that photo and I, I cropped it. I sort of edited it. Because I was like, bro, my cousin just met Prince Charles. Because it's not every day where you say, I've met a royal family member. Yeah. So, but on top of it as well, bro. You know, I know we went back, we're going back and forwards. So but in a meeting family, you know, meeting the royal family member, meeting Prince Charles. You know, now in uni, you know, win of a night dock. Where did it go to from there? Because I was at I was at the award ceremony when you received the award. Mm. I was at the back. Unfortunately, I was in the front because the seat took, the seat took <laughs> So I was at the back seat near the kitchen <laughs> with tearing with tearing branches. But <clears throat> I remember the people who were there at the event. Scott Sattler, former NRL player, uh, the former the Aboriginal fellow that was on Play School. I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. Like I remember just calling, "Hey, Scotty, Scott." Scott, can I get a photo of you, mate? So yeah, sure, brother. See, so, wow, yeah. right, Scott said his brother. All right, cool. So the photo, and like those other figures there that were there, and it was at the Gold Coast. But on that night, you know, what was the aftermath of that? Knowing that you won this award, your union was it sort of like, you know, the the how can I say? Was it sort of like, you know, the spark that set off? All right, you know what? I've got this talent. I've learned over the years. It's like let's let's take it up a notch. Let's. Let's see where this goes. Even though I'm doing a degree at uni, but you know I've got this drawing, this talent of mine that I don't want to hide, mm. but I want to use as well to showcase to the world of what I can achieve. Oh man, I was I was taken way back from it. Yeah, yeah, it was like um, I gotta use a rugby analogy. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah. it's like when somebody has like just kicked the ball yep. to start the game, and you've caught the ball. You've caught the ball and you don't believe that you've just done that. And now you're running. You run, you run, but then you get hit so hard that you fall down to the ground. Yeah. And that split moment, I was that guy on the ground. I was like, I caught the ball. I'm on the ground. Now where do I go? And from there, I just knew my instincts was telling me, got to get up, got to play on, got to move forward. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because yeah. it's amazing to my rugby because you're related to, of course, Wendell Saylor, hey. Ew. <laughs> Wendell Saylor, you know, the you know, Queensland legend and the Broncos legend, you know, won some <laughs> grand finals as well. But you know, it's, it's one of how you see how you mentioned about the analogy of being a rugby player. You caught the ball, you're running, but you get hit, you get smashed, but you got to get up again. Yeah. So by you getting up again, was that sort of when representing, okay, there's, you know, you were involved in many projects after NAILOC? Yeah. Actually, NAILOC is probably where I just thought of like getting more kicked into it. Yeah. Getting more that if somebody's asked me something, mm. say yes to it. Yeah. If if an opportunity has presented itself, go through with it. Yeah. 
Because when NADOC finished, I started working up in Sydney. Started working as like a graphic designer, uh, UX, which is a user experience for Telstra. For Shout Tal- out to Telstra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I started also doing some commissioning works, doing murals. I did one for Len Lease down in Barangaroo. Yeah, I did this. Shout out to Carrie Pekka. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's hearing this, Carrie Pekka. Um, we need some uh, give us some money hey but anyway hey Carrie Packer can you sponsor the my cousin yeah. <laughs> alright Carrie I'll carry yeah 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 I did a mural for that and yeah I got like heaps of money from that deal probably could have got more but I didn't negotiate well yeah but yeah um, everything was going well but I guess there was one point where I got hit maybe a little bit too hard and it was a lot harder to get back up because when you just keep running and running the ball and hit, get hit, get back up, get hit, get back up, it sort of takes its toll on you and you start, up, and you start going through a situation where, yeah, it, it does get harder with the next one up. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it got to a point where work started affecting me, traveling from Wollongong to Sydney an hour a day, uh, studying at the University of Wollongong, trying to keep up with it all. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I was in a bad place for a couple of years for a bit. So being, you know, with that, what you've explained, the situation you're in, was that a stage where you said, okay, you know what? i got to really, i got to really prioritize my days. Like, as much as I'm saying yes to everything and trying to do all these things, trying to make people happy, it's like the happiness is coming of a cost. It is, it is affecting not only just mentally, but physically as well. If you could, if I could say it that way, Harry. yeah. But see, I wasn't really that optimistic. I was more like, I'm done with it. Mm. I want to give up. I don't want to do uni anymore. I don't want to do this work anymore. I want to maybe go somewhere where it's just like, I don't know, maybe a bit more something that I can actually throw my weight into it. But yeah, with that sort of mindset, I really just, yeah, I was ready to just be done and dusted with it. Mm. Until, okay. until something came in my life. Something bigger and something stronger and something older. Yeah, my father. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was in Wollongong by myself and yeah. I was like, I felt like I was on my own. Mm. Like, even if, even though I had my uncle and my mom ready to come and help me, my dad, he sort of just busted through the door and said, son, I'm going to help you. Let me help you. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked dad to help me and he helped me for the whole thing. His, his words were harsh and his teaching was even harder. Yeah. But yeah, he really pumped, me, pumped it into me, pushed me to the right direction and yeah, showed me that, you know, we, we worked hard now so that way we can live easier mm. instead of live it easy and then worry about working it hard. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that really got me through the uni and got me more into the experience. And once I had that mindset, I started getting more motivated Started making more artwork, started making more commissionings, just trying to like better myself and improve. And yeah, and that's when the commissioning started rolling, more artworks coming in. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not keep keep going, bro. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Yep. I'd probably be somewhere else just wallowing in my sorrows. It would be like, uh, what if, what if I feel that I didn't give up? What if, the what if were coming, but see, when dad came in, it was like, Boom, you know, it's like that sort of Fijian. This was a sort of like that Fijian discipline. Fijian like, discipline. No, there was no sh- no no smooth edging. It's like no. boom, straight in. Straight yeah. in. it's gonna hurt you. It's gonna hurt you, but it's not gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it breaks you, but you just shake it up, yeah. get back into it again. Shout out to Momo. So I know he's 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 in the lounge room right now, listening, but also acknowledging me on this podcast as well. So it's a uh, wonderful to hear that. Boom, Momo. So. Alright, so he's listening to the live stream as well. But um as well, um as well, Harry, you know, like because I know that's amazing, this is the first time hearing this, that mm. you know, you're on the verge of just throwing it all away because every time I went to family, especially to Terry, when I say, Oh, where's Harry? or oh he's doing uni or he's busy. But then little did I know it's like you're going through this moment where, you know, you're gonna throw it all away. But mm. You know, comes in more so comes in that, and now it's like, oh wow! But <clears throat> it's gonna make me go to my next question, Harry. Is there's this? What do you love about Fiji? You, know, you mentioned about that. What What do you love about Fiji, like in general? What you know? What makes you think? 
you know, back home, you know, back home, you know, whether it be Super Bowl, whether it be Mbua, or whether it be Ndium, or whether it be Fiji as a whole, could it, you know, what, what, what do you love about it? Mm. Oof, there's too many things I love about it. I love the food. <laughs> I love the family. Yeah. I love the weather that comes with it. Mm. I love like the teachings. I love the lessons. Yeah. I love the whole idea that when one moves up, we all move up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I love the way like my dad has brought me up and hey, how he showed like, you know, in the Fijian way, everything's like the weather. We have one harsh, hot, sunny day, but then we have one dreary day. If we just focus on one day, we lose like benefits for the next day. Mm. Yeah, so it's always like changing. We've got to adapt, got to move on to it. Yeah. No, yeah. I see. It's one of the analogy um, in Fiji. But also as well, Harry, with your artwork, the reason why I mentioned that question as well, because before this podcast, I was, when I was in the car, that I saw some of the artwork you made was you know, in reference to, you know, like Fijian, you know, your Fijian heritage, you know, the Fijian culture. Yeah. Um, do, and what do those... Like if you go on here, I'll put I'll put i put Harry's I'll tag Harry's Insta, Instagram page on the Fiji issue page for the those see it, but as well I'll copy it and put it on the page if it's okay with Harry. It's all so good. um, what what does it represent? Especially the further those three photos at the top, those three um those three artworks that you posted. Ah, yeah. well, actually, that's <laughs> that's not so much as like my idea. That belongs to a different Fijian girl. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 So. With my art, like being all indigenous, it led me to sort of this other person. Yeah. yeah. It led me to this group called Foul Press. Yeah. Which helped me be, get in touch with like my art, my Pacific Nation sort of heritage. Yeah. And in turn, I got to meet this uh, Fijian girl who together we created a Fijian story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Telling about the... Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just like, it's just like... It slipped my mind. Yeah. Yeah, talking about like the um the Fijian priests like back oh, in the, the old days. Yeah, the Bete. Yeah, yeah. The Bete and the Buri Kolao. Yeah, Buri Kolao, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it really just opened up like a whole different world to me. So mm. those artworks were actually based on her writing. Her name is uh, Tale. Shout out to Tale uh, up yep. in New Zealand. Okay, I'll post it. So you got the yeah, I got the I got the name, but I don't have the last name. All right, oh, <laughs> I'll post it on the um, Instagram as well. Put yeah. it put it alongside it. I'm um, not because it's amazing because when I look at those photos, well, I mean that artwork in Jip, you know that artwork that you post, it's pretty, it's pretty deadly. And mm. um, when I'm when I mean deadly, not deadly bad, I mean deadly good. Yeah, because it's like it sort of brings out that sort of euphoria. Of you know what Fiji was like prior to colonialism, mm. like of course Fiji was brought up on, you know the worshiping of other deities, you know especially where animals that we classified as gods, and you know when the when people when the spiritual so spoke through the, through the priest, it shows our ideas spoken, especially the the signs I remember seeing, the signs were of, of drooling and the eyes rolling up, okay, no white, yeah. all right, yeah, this it's happening. But as well, by doing that sort of artwork as well, Harry, did it make in a way say, you know, you know, like did it for you to say, for you to say, you know, I want to know more. It's like, oh, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, because um, when I was growing up, I only, oh, sorry, I only ever knew about the um, indigenous of Australia's like Dreamtime spirits yep. or the myths and legend. But when I started getting into like this knowledge of like Falpers, which was only like this year, I started learning more about like the Fijian history. The myths and the legends, yep. the Bete and the Buri Kolo. It just like, everything just started flowing and I just wanted to know more. Mm. Yeah, And I started asking dad about these things and he started telling me, he started telling me about how like, back in the days we used to chew the kava instead of like, pounding it. Yeah, yep. pounding it. And how, back in the days, the, uh, I forgot what the huts, what's what called? Yeah, Buri Kolo. Yeah, the Buri Kolo. Yeah. Yeah. How for the bad days one, he's always like his yes. roof was the highest yeah. because it stretched all the way to the like to the gods. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it just it really inspired me to try to learn more. I even have a book and like notes about how everything was taken. Mm. But yeah, I just got to make sure I don't share it though, because yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, it's um, so it's it's one of the through the through the power of art, mm. through the power of art, it, it sort of makes you want to expand your knowledge more on you know Fijian mythology. Absolutely. Uh, Fiji pre-Christianity times. And it's pretty dark, um, especially if you, like, when you read the accounts of what had occurred, especially through, 
you know, when cannibalism was at its peak. Mm. And we still hold the Guinness World Record, a matter of fact. Really? Wow. One of the chiefs put it, one of his name is Koromarato uh, Njunri. So he, according to legend, that he consumed 999 people in his lifetime. And if he had consumed one more person, he would have been dormed. He this like Hollywood material. It would be deemed immortal. You Ooh, can make yeah. something out of film out of that. Yeah. It'll be like the mummy. You know Brendan Fraser? Yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. be like the mummy, you know, the mummy the mummy three or the mummy four, the return of the cannibal king. You know, something <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> or the rise of the cannibal king. Yeah. But on top of that as well, Harry, you know, like your artwork, like like I'm right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in Harry's house with um, when we saw of his dad. And just seeing the art, the artwork that Harry has made. Um, have there been you know People may think, oh, you just think of it straight away, draw it. But is it more than just thinking? Is it like you got to really like get into it? Like, oh yeah, like um, like you can't just be saying like, oh, draw all these lines and add this pattern. Yeah, everything has its like purpose on it. Like even with like the designs here, like I, I wish I could point them out, but yeah, viewers won't be able to see it on the podcast. Yeah, so so ladies and gentlemen, so right here like doing this podcast. Uh, and Harris Kitchen is the table mat is of Fijian tupper designs, um, and just as Harris trying to explain it, like as you said, lines draw this and that, but it's like more than that. Yeah, it's like there's meaning behind the lines. Yeah, like say if we like were to draw the sort of a flower, the flower symbol in Fiji, it could actually mean two different things. It could mm-hmm. mean like yeah, one. It could mean the vegetation, but it also could also mean like the sun. Yeah, like that whole brightness and everything. Like if we were to draw like wavy lines, one yeah sure it looks like waves, but it could also represent yeah it could also represent like the mountains. Yeah, there's all these different elements of like you add this pattern, but it actually means another thing. Yeah, it's like the it's like the spoken language. So it's like cause like as I mentioned again with Patty Mills, and you know this this just flips my mind, Harry. Yeah, because you you collaborated with Patty Mills, and for those of you that are part basketball from basketball freaks or basketball fans. You know, Paddy Mills, he's playing for the Brooklyn Nets. He's carving up in the NBA. He's some, he's got, he's some, got some good coin. And then <laughs> Paddy Mills, you know, back to your artwork, mm. you know, I think, I don't know if you approached, he approached you or you approached him and said, No, he came to me. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Paddy Mills, Paddy Mills came to you yeah. to make some art, you know, some designs. And yeah, just share from there, bro. Yeah, so, yeah, Paddy Mills saw that I made like some pretty interesting, like, Aboriginal design artworks, but then when he saw that I could actually do like Torres Strait artworks and I know like what the meanings between each of the lines meant, he was like, I want him. Wow. Yeah. And so I designed a jersey that represents sort of like the traveler or the journey, just like someone who's traversing through all these rough terrains trying to get to like the center point of destination, trying to like bring together everything. Yeah. Bro, Patty Mills. Patty Mills. <laughs> I'm going to put in his photo as well because. Bro, it's Paddy Mills. It is Paddy Mills. He played, you know, he's a he's an Olympic bronze medalist for the men's basketball team. I think it's their first medal they won in a while or ever. Yeah. He played for the Brooklyn Nets, where he's getting good coin up there. I believe he's playing alongside the likes of Kevin Durant and Carl Irving See. for that team. So, a fellow such as Paddy Mills and like he's scoring points from everywhere. And um, man, I should have sent you because I had no idea who he was. Well, there you go. Like, yeah, I, I, I like. I, they told me like, "Hey, Patty Mills wants you wants you to do the design." I'm like, "Who?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, he's a famous NBA player." I'm like, "Okay, who?" <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that's that's hit that, but that's something else, bro. Even when I met him, I was like, "Hi, who are you?" I didn't know. Like he, he seemed like another bala. He was really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was super cool and chill. So I don't know. The, probably the time you met him, he probably was playing for San Antonio, for the Spurs or one of the teams. Is that the one that like looks like a goalpost? Yeah. So it's like the yeah Spurs. I don't know. I can probably something like that. Uh, yeah. Shout, shout out to all Spurs fans. Hope that don't um, um, ruin the image of what your logo looks like. Sorry about the uh, basketball fans out there as well. Yeah. I yeah, I'm more of a. You know, if it, if it ain't rugby, it ain't interesting. <laughs> there you go. So, but it's sad as well, bro. Like, it, bro, this led you played, you know, from drawing. You know, think mm. of it. From muscle man to now you're drawing murals. Yeah. You know, whoever that <laughs> uncle was, it's like, oh, thank you. you know, thank you so much. <laughs> and here you are, you know, doing murals in Bangor. And so, you know, what, you know, let's, let's stop it from there. 
Let's do another scenario because I've got so many questions to ask with the limited time remaining. Right, right, right. Fijian cuisine. All right. So prior to this podcast, <laughs> we had some nice fish and chips, you know, from fish and chips, you know, battered fish and chips. And uh, it was nice and heavy, very succulent. <laughs> <laughs> Saying right now, there's a table in front of the on the table right now. So this is for you, Harry. There's lunch. No, there's breakfast, lunch, dinner and dessert. Ooh. Fijian cuisine. What would you start for breakfast? Breakfast? Yep. Uh, tarfish. Alright. Tarfish and coconut, like coconut milk. Bro, that's a heavy breakfast. Bro, that's right. a good one. I love let's it. Go, let's yeah. go lunch. Lunch? That same tarfish, but from like a day before, fried with fried cassava. Oh, bro. Right. I love dinner. that stuff. Dinner? Dinner? Don't say the fish from the lunchtime. <laughs> I'm making it again. What's with dinner? Damn it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tin corn beef wrapped in taro leaf. So, roro. Yeah, roro. So, roro with corn beef and coconut milk or just roro corn beef? Roro con- coconut. <laughs> yeah, all, right, all that. All right. Everything and the co- and the taro. And you taro and cassava. Right. And bought a glass of cookie, say. Oh, no, I don't want coke. Okay, okay. Uh, maybe like um, uh, the Fiji fruit juice. juice. Fruit juice, yeah, right. for Fiji. Fresh fruit juice, all right. Yeah. And then dinner. Dinner? I mean, sorry, dessert? Dessert? Oh, I get a dessert now. Yeah. Oh, I'd have to say lemon leaf tea. Oh, say so something light. Yeah. Nice so the food can digest. Yeah, because, um, yeah. You'll go be around bloated a- by, the end, by the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> go around Australia, just like you never find that lemon leaf tree. But when I have, when I have it in like Fiji, it's just, yeah. it's a whole nother level right. with like powder milk. <laughs> awesome, bro. All right, bro. Harry. I'm going to put the next one for you is what's your five-year goal? What is your five-year goal? You know, what you've achieved? You know, what you've achieved, what you've accomplished? But what's five years? You've graduated now. You know, you've, you've graduated. Talking about graduation, what was it like for you when you graduated in 2019? And after many years, you may have set back units, stuff, you know, minimized units. But how about when you graduated? Disappointing. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, I got to the end. Yeah. Super excited. I yeah. passed. And I got, like, all these great opportunities that shot right at me. Yeah. Like, when I grad- when I left uni, I just went straight into the door, like, another door. I started security. I started doing art on the side, security and art, security by day, artist by night. Yeah. But um, the reason why the graduation was disappointing was because a certain thing hit 2020. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we will not say, but it was said. He that should not be named. He that should not be named. <laughs> yeah. From a Pacific uh, country that's above Australia and between Japan, <laughs> below Japan. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. I couldn't invite any of my family members to the graduation. Oh, no. You were, so you were, the, you were the part of that crew where you just got your graduation the, the, in the mail? Or was it just like graduation but no family? Uh, it was, I got it in the mail, but I also got a, I got a live, live video. Okay. That wasn't live. <laughs> it was a recorded video. Yeah. And it was like, you couldn't comment anything. It's just like, it was posted on YouTube. A guy gave his speech and said like, this is for all the people, such and such. And then he just ran through the names. He never said any of the students' names. He never said my name. He just said, here you are. Congratulations. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that's, 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 bro. As much as I love my university, Wollongong, that yeah. was, that was a very hard thing to be seeing. Yeah, it's a hard thing to di- digest because yeah. the amount of years of studying. Oh, yeah. You know, assignments, in-text citation. Yeah. And referencing. Oh, I mean. Making sure it's done, done in the correct style. I mean, I've met like a lot of my friends who were just heartbroken and couldn't believe what the, what that had meant to them because graduation was going to be like the pinnacle of of their life yeah. and seeing that that yeah it broke a lot of people yeah but i saw it and i just went i don't have time for this i gotta keep going where i need to go so that now that jumps to your five-year goal now yeah what you know you want to go like you know you're you mainly doing security now you know so for those that haven't seen harry he is a big fella. He is a big fella. Yeah, I'm a you know, decent size. He's a he's a rotund man. <laughs> he's a big fella that uh, yeah, you don't miss you. But on top of it as well, you know, you got a five year goal. And what is that five year goal? What do you want to achieve? Mm. How long do we have? <laughs> nah, man, we got ten. We got around eleven minutes, bro. Eleven minutes. Yeah. All right, that's heaps of time. All right, five year goal. 
five-year girl, well, I already achieved one of them, which is to get my dad a car so he can be more mobile. Yep. Because I always see my dad and he always, like, gets on public transport and it hurts me to see him go out and then come back and he's sore as he was as he left. Yeah. So I got him a car so he's a bit more mobile. Unfortunately, he maybe abuses it a little bit too much. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, my five-year goal, I'd say trying to find more of a footing and where my job's going. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I bounce around with security, but uh, right now I'm getting more of a handle of finding like a long-term goal, a long-term place that will keep me there four days a week for 12, 12 or eight hours a week. Yeah. Or 12, eight, 12 or eight hours a day. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that gives me more time to focus on my art. Yeah. Yeah. And with my art, I don't know. This is like, this is the first time I've ever actually had to decide where my art was going to go. Because I've always had like things pop up and then I just go to go in that direction. Now it's more of a case of like, I need to plan where I'm going. I need to plan and decide. So really, I want to do something that's going to be beneficial for my Torres Strait side, but also acknowledges my like Fijian heritage being being not like know that you know this is where i came from my father came from the pacific and my mother is a lady of the land yeah i want to yeah maybe write like write a story or make a mural artwork because stories have always been put like a big part of our heritage and like as you know yeah it's in our artwork it's in our songs it's in like even our day-to-day even like when we speak even how i speak (laughs) yeah so five years i want to I want to make maybe a comic. All oh, right, yeah, because uh, we we're talking about that. We were going way into it. Yeah, we're yeah. going, we we're, we're going way into it, especially you know something like Marvel, where they've made superheroes of different nations, but they haven't touched much in the Pacific sense, in the Pacific way. No, and it's like it's a hidden gold in my view. We I may be biased in a way, but it's like there's a hidden gold field, in, in regards to mentioning some you know an action superhero, or Marvel superhero. From you know, from the islands. I love how you keep on mentioning Marvel. I don't know if you people would know this, but before the interview, my cousin threatened me that if I go to DC, he's gonna like disown me. <laughs> no, he doesn't I, acknowledge I, me. I I'm like, playing. wow. I was just playing with you, but no, go Marvel. Yeah. But, anyway, <laughs> but no, it's just cause like the artwork that you possess, and ladies and gentlemen, what what Harry has in front of him is not just one art book, but uh, two art books in front of him. Of what he has drawn and what he has written, a blueprint somewhere manner of showcasing a story in regards to the First Nation people and also the Islanders as well. So just as you mentioned by you know mentioning by showcasing mom's side and dad's side, in a way you sort of started in a way by making the blueprint of it, have you? Yeah. I mean like who knows? Five years times this probably might be like touched a bit more, or maybe five years time it may explode into something that we didn't expect to go. Yeah. That's kind of like what, that's kind of like what I want art, our art to be. Like, we create something and then it just explodes and goes to everybody. Yeah, it touch bases with people. It has them inspired to create even more things with it. Yeah, because that's all I want. I just want to make something where people can just like draw from it and create something else with it. Yeah. Wow, that's. Even the idea that we shared, yeah, I was like, yeah, we're, we're well, yeah like our idea, I'm just like, we we I, we gotta start on that. We can we probably can make a part two of this podcast later on in the year. Yeah, and what you've finished, and we can just touch base on it, especially in regards to. Um, oh, no, definitely! I'm touching base on the story that we talked about. Yeah, no, part two is gonna probably be about that. Yeah, like on a um, cultural perspective, and also how we can make it into a modern day storyline as well. Yeah. Sort of like something like Black Panther, but probably we'll do a part two to that later on, later on, probably the next year or so. Yeah. Um, how that thing goes, bro. But yeah, for sure, man. But yeah. in saying that as well, um, Mount Rushmore, we've got Jeff, our architect. <laughs> time, is, time is catching up on us. Got it. Five people. Five people. Five people you put on your Mount Rushmore, whether it be a celebrity, whether it be a family member. I know it's five people. I know it's a lot of people you can think of. But which five faces would you put on your Mount Rushmore? Five people that I put on Rush- Mount Rushmore. Yep, so it'd be Mount Harry. Am I escaping or am I staying up there for the night? No, no. So you've got Jeff the Architect. So it's like... Who's Jeff the Architect, by the way? <laughs> so it's an architect, an imaginary architect that has just popped up here in the kitchen. Yeah. And he's going to do the mirror of who your five would be. 
Oh, he's going to do a mural for me. So you're, you're all put on your face. The face is on your man Rushmore. Oh, oh, see, I was thinking Mount... Oh, okay, I wasn't thinking Mount Rushmore. I was thinking, like, uh, like freaking Mount Everest. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, I'm going to Mount Everest and stay there for life. Oh, you mean, like, the faces where, yeah, like... Faces. George, who would you, who would you yeah, put? George, George Washington and all that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't have to be them. Who would you put, cuz? Five people? Yep. Ooh, all right. That's easy. My father. Yeah. My father, who taught me lessons about strength. Yeah. Like... Family orientation, but also don't be soft. Mm. It's soft, like, I know that sounds bad, but in a sense, it's teaching you to, like, be wary of this world. Yeah. It is not kind to those who are, like, soft-hearted. You must be strong and willed. Yeah. My second would have to be my grandfather, my um, na- namesake. Oh, Grandpa Harry. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's, yes, yeah yes. he's also Harry Alfred Pitt. Yeah. I chose him because he taught me about love. He told me patience, and he told me about, like, listening. Yeah. Because when uh, we meet me and my grandfather, we sat, he always tells me stories about how he met Bumbu. Yep. Yeah. Now, man, yep. yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I always had, like, a big respect to him. Third one would have to be my, uh, I, I want to say sergeant, but he's not, like, sergeant. So I did a St. John's First Aid Ambulance. Yep. And I had this guy. His name was... um. <laughs> Walden Steve Walden Yeah Yeah James Well yeah Something Walden Yeah So you're a sergeant Yep yeah. Or St. John's Ambulance Shout out to St. John's Ambulance Yeah shout out to St. John's Ambulance I was an NCO <laughs> Yep NCO Alright yeah. cool That's three Two more brother Yeah so Yeah for him He told me like Discipline Loyalty Yep Yeah Ah two more Wow that's Whew. Man that's hard Can I just stop at three Tim, how about Lenny and Soko, yo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, I'd have to... Oh, I have to say... um, I have to say my half-sister. Terry? Uh, Ter- no, no, no. My, uh, my other half-sister. Uh, my dad's side. Um, her name was uh, LaTonya. Okay, LaTonya. Shut up. Yep, all right. Yeah, yeah. LaTonya. She was like... um. Yeah, she was everything. She like she was the first person I met when I went to Fiji. Yeah. Yeah, she was the person that I could just like tie myself down knowing like, you know, I may be in Fiji, but at least I have like an Australian connection. She yep. was like and we just clicked like that. Yeah, Latonya. Right. And then you got the one more. La one more. One more. Ooh. Ooh. Who do I pick? Um You just heard Mum and Jill? Oh, uh, see, that's the that's the obvious choice. <laughs> that's the obvious choice. She'll always be your number one. Mom will always be number one. Mom is like Statue of Liberty. She gets her own place. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Judy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And one more. Lucky last. Lucky last. Lucky last. Um, I can't. I can't decide. I can't. I literally cannot decide. Um, how about the host for the Everyday Pigeons podcast? <laughs> You know what? Fine. Yes. Cruz, you're up on that wall. I'm up on that wall. Right. You're up on that mountain. I'm up on that mountain. I got, yeah. a, I got a face. Yeah. You might as well like be the mountain and everybody's on you like a champion. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're like, you're there. You're, you know what? You're dead center. All right. You're the that? center of my universe. <laughs> like the Marvel universe. Yeah. Oh man, guys, I really enjoyed this. Look, for sure, we'll, we'll talk later next year in regards to, you know, developing a comic character. Of course. You know, especially from the islands. But, yeah. you know, your views, your perspectives as a drawer and as an artist as well of what we can implement or what probably the listeners will probably say. But, Harry, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for the laughter. Thank you so much for the stories. Shout out to Momo Iso. I'll be hearing this, uh, Momo. Thank you. Yep, yep, he's hearing it. So it's been wonderful to see what you've shared as an everyday Fijian, living in the everyday world, sharing the everyday story. Mm. So we're coming up on the one hour mark, which is usually the cutoff time. But I will take this time as well for our listeners. Hopefully what you've heard tonight, what you've listened to tonight, is the way of showing where Harry has come from. Yeah, Vanaka. From his humble beginnings. Yes, of course, Vanaka Harry. From where he started from, you know, living with siblings, you know, not being able to play PlayStation with certain persons starting with tea. 
<laughs> but hopefully as well showing you know what he has achieved and where he's going now especially with the talents that he possesses but once again listeners thank you for listening harry once again for joining the podcast and once again to those that are listening harry where he's just the everyday fijian sharing his everyday story in the everyday world and you that may be listening will be hopefully coming on later on the podcast but once again I'm your host, Makali Cruz Balanab Daudandre, showcasing the Everyday Fusion podcast. Till next time, Nisa Mode, take care. Goodbye. Mode.